You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Love that song. Take your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and that's one of my favorite Easter songs in the morning light. Hope came into sight. Interesting words in that song because we're talking about hope tonight in, in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And boy, I am tired. How many of you are tired? Let's just be honest. All right. And uh, so uh, I, 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 I'm glad that you're here tonight and I'm glad I'm not the only one tired. Okay. It's been a long day. It's been a good day though. And it's a good kind of exhaustion. And uh, the heat on this platform is not helping. I think we've, we have entered that category of time now in the year where we finally threw all the rain and all the cold that we can move into using the air conditioning instead of the heater. And uh, so that's an interesting time for California every year. But, we'll, but uh, hopefully we'll get you nice and cool in here as you're getting to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, this morning, um, uh, just what a fantastic service it was. And... Uh, the choir did such a phenomenal job, and uh, just everything about the service. So many people were telling me how much they loved it, and someone said, "Hey, who planned all this? What was the production?" You know, the the credit just goes to every, you know so many people for. Of course, the glory goes to God, and uh, and just for all the people that practiced and labored, and and um, it was just a fantastic service. In the morning, uh, during the invitation. You know, that's, that's the time I'm always, uh, you know, I don't want to say nervous about, but I, I, I want to always be as crystal clear as possible with the gospel. You know, I don't, I don't know people's hearts. I don't know, uh, you know, how much they understand and all of that. And I, I never want to give a false assurance of salvation to anybody. I don't want to do that. But I also, you know, I was talking to my son about this on the way home, me and Titus, and I was thinking, you know, you can only do what you can do. And what we did is, and what we try to do, and I hope you're picking up on this, is we're try to, we try to as clearly as possible present the gospel on these big days and then give people an opportunity to respond. And, you know, we try to make sure people know it's not just a, a flippant prayer. And then they have to deal with, hey, did I mean that? Did, did I accept him or not and all of that? But I tell you this morning, there was such a great spirit. And I tell you, when I saw, normally sometimes when I do invitations and prayer in the seat, sometimes I'll see people, you know, that'll kind of do this number, and, and I get that, you know, who wants to be like, you know, yeah, it was me, I got saved, you know, most people aren't going to do that, but this morning, I tell you, when I said, if you prayed that prayer, you sincerely accepted Christ, you meant that, there were hands all of, I mean, many hands that just shot straight up in the air, I was, you know, just like, it was very surprising as far as this the aggressiveness, I guess, is the word, but, but I don't know if that's the right word, but I was just so thankful. There was, there was, uh, and it's very difficult to count, but 10 or 12 hands at least of people that raised their hands saying they prayed that prayer and accepted Christ today, and uh, so I'm so thankful for that, and uh, that, that made everything today, all the work and all the labor was worth it if one person 
if one person accepted Christ. And, and so all of that work and labor, thank you so much for putting into it. And uh, I just, um, I'm, I am rejoicing over today. I'm still kind of still thinking about the morning service and, and, how, and the visitors. They got to meet so many people. And many of you that brought visitors, they were the ones raising their hands that got saved. And so God bless you. Thank you for inviting people, and thank you for being a witness, and that's what it is all about. Now, some of you invited people, and they didn't show up. Can I just encourage you, don't get discouraged. I've been there many times. I cannot tell you how many times on a big day I have had 10 people lined up to come, 15 people lined up to come, and zero show up. I mean promises, like blood oaths, we will be there tomorrow, and then they don't show. You know, so don't get discouraged with that. I could, I could, I could tell you so many stories. And my, my wife and I buying drinks at Starbucks for people, expecting them to be here. They get their order in advance, and they're no, they don't show up, you know. And I ain't drinking that coffee, so, um, you know, what do we do with that? So just things like that. So just don't get discouraged and keep being faithful, and God sees that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I, I'm not going to preach long tonight. It's been a long day. I'm so thankful uh, for what has happened in church today, but I want to just give you a thought. I want to preach about a resurrection of hope, a resurrection of hope, and, uh, and really just talk about hope a little bit tonight. Uh, one of the songs mentioned hope, the songs that teenagers just sang, uh, was, was about hope, and really the resurrection is a message of hope. And so you're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 3, if you would, please, here, just getting the picture of what's going on. Here we have what the gospel message is. 1 Corinthians 15, 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, uh, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Then he was seen... So after he came back to life, there were eyewitnesses of Cephas, or Peter, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. So when Paul was writing 1 Corinthians around A.D. 59, A.D. 60, somewhere in there, uh, you know, this is uh, 27 years after Christ uh, had risen again. And Paul was saying, there are still people you can talk to in, in the day that he was writing this, and, you can, and they will tell you that they were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ. And so he's saying, but some are fallen asleep, and others, some have died. Verse 7, after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, Paul was saying, as one born out of due time. Remember, Jesus came, uh, came and, and showed himself to Paul on the road to Damascus, and Paul became a disciple and apostle. Now, if you would look at verse number 12, we'll skip down a little bit here. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So some people are saying, I don't, you know, I don't think that our bodies are going to come back and meet with Christ, or we're going to be in heaven after this. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be the dead rise not. So you, you, you don't think the resurrection happened. You're calling us liars. It means that God's a liar. It means that we're, we're false prophets. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. That, that, that means that it, it, it wasn't, you cannot get saved if there was no resurrection. 
Your faith is in vain. You still have to pay for your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Those have already died. They're, They're going to hell. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So he said, if, if, if Christ only gives you hope now, but when you die, there's no hope of heaven, then hey, what's it about? You're, you're back in Solomon's shoes where he was solely, solely focused on this life and, and, uh, and hope is taken away. But the truth is that we have hope in this life with Christ and yet we have hope of another life with Christ when we die. And so I want to talk to you about the resurrection and a resurrection of hope this evening. Let's pray together. Father, bless, I pray, our next few moments of scripture time and preaching and that you would move and work in our midst. And and God, I pray that tonight if there are some folks here that in maybe it's not in every area they've lost hope, but maybe there's a certain area where they've lost hope. Maybe some have given up on somebody. Maybe some have given up on a situation or a circumstance. And they have become hopeless in that area. God, I pray that tonight there would be a resurrection, a bringing back to life of hope in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you ever see an arch, like, you know, a bridge sometimes has those arches and different things, right in the middle there's this V-shaped stone. And that stone is the most important. It carries the weight of the archway. And that arch stone is in the Bible and Christianity of our doctrine is the resurrection. If that is removed, all else crumbles. The resurrection is that important. Billy Graham, you may recognize that name. He said, without the resurrection, the cross is meaningless. It's, the resurrection is so important. I find it interesting that people have, uh, in fact, there's two men. One was named Gilbert West and one was called Lord Littleton. In the 18th century... They set out to disprove Christianity. That was their goal. We're going to disprove this whole thing. And they said, we can disprove Christianity if we can disprove two things. They said, Christianity would collapse, number one, if they take the greatest Christian, who they said was the Apostle Paul, and disprove his conversion. They said also that Christianity would collapse if they could disprove the resurrection. So they each took one. One took the, the, uh, tried to disprove Paul's conversion, and the other tried to disprove the resurrection. And they said, we're going to give a whole year of our life to this, to disprove the resurrection and to disprove Paul's conversion. And so they each took one. After the end of 12 months, they met up again. At the end of 12 months of studying to disprove this, they met up again. One of them said... I not only found that Paul lived, that Paul was converted, and that Paul was the greatest missionary and that he was martyred, but I now believe in Jesus myself. The other said, as I've studied the resurrection for the past year, I have come to believe in Jesus myself. Two of the greatest writings, I I, I heard this, I haven't read them, but people say two of the greatest writings on Paul and the resurrection came from these two men who for a year studied them. And after studying them, they said, it's true and we believe. They went from atheism to believing in Christ and that's that's the power of God, that's the power of the resurrection. It is a true thing. Now, some historians you will read will tell you that the resurrection is the most attested and proven fact of all history. And so you can look into that if you want to. But look at verse 19 again. It says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, then we are all men most miserable. 
It is hopeless without the resurrection. But because of the resurrection, we have hope. It is so easy in life to lose hope. It is so easy to think that person will never change. It's so easy to think my situation will never change. It's so easy to think uh, uh, this illness will I'll never get over. I'm going to live this way the rest of my life. My situation will never change. It's so easy to lose hope of your, in your job, in your finances, and whatever it may be, it's easy to lose hope. Our, our world is not exactly offering a lot of hope today. It's not saying, here, have some hope. In fact, every time you turn on the news, it's there's no hope. There's no hope. You know, we're all dying because of climate change. Plastic is killing everybody. Everybody's sick with COVID or cancer or something. Like, every time you turn on the news, you know, everybody's evil on this side of the aisle. Everybody is, you know, a, a, a great on the, all this kind of stuff we see in our news. It's easy to lose hope. But I will tell you from, from and you know this as well, when you go knock on doors and talk to people, people are starved of hope. They just don't have hope nowadays. People see no hope in government. Do you see a lot of hope in government? I don't see a lot of hope in government, but thankfully my hope's not in the government. I don't see a lot of hope in society. It seems like things are going downhill faster and faster. I don't, you, know, you may feel like there's no hope in family situations or some circumstances, and, and some people in this world have no hope of heaven. But I would like to just give you a couple thoughts this, this evening, just briefly, to maybe resurrect some hope in your life over something that you're facing or something you've given up hope on. Just three quick thoughts tonight. I want you to say number one about the resurrection and about hope. I want to just let you know that God can bring light to your dark days. God can bring light to your dark days. Think about this with me. The, the disciples... Here they are all this time thinking Jesus is about to set up an earthly kingdom. We're going to be ruling with him. Then there's the cross, the darkest time of history, the darkest moment of history. For three hours, it's dark on the earth as Jesus is dying on the cross. You know, the disciples, they face some dark days after that. The ladies faced some dark days. Every hope that they had of Jesus taking over and Jesus being uh, 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 crowned as king upon earth was stripped away. Now, they didn't understand what was really happening. But I want to just let you know tonight that dark days don't last forever. Jesus was in the tomb, was in, it was in, yeah, in the tomb for, for three days. And there was three dark days where people doubted, where people lost hope. But man, on Sunday morning, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. That was a dark day, but dark days don't last forever. That's what I want to encourage you with tonight. God, you may say, well, Pastor, I'm in some dark days right now. Maybe I know what's going on. Maybe I don't know what's going on. I say, Pastor, you know, there's some physical things. There's some financial things. There's some family things. There's some work things. There's some other circumstances, and it's a dark time. Can I let you know that even in the darkness, God can give you light? God can give you hope, God can shine a light, God can encourage you, if you'll let him. If you'll let him, he can do that. I think about this, just this year, Betty Saheed. I think about just this year, uh, Brother Don Cooter, Brother Tom Christensen. Here were people that were in our church or had been in our church that, that were in pain for years, that were suffering with illnesses for years. But you know what, they, they were in some dark days, but can I say their dark days didn't last forever? There's no more dark days in heaven. 
And that's where they are. You say, well, pastor, I'm not ready to go to heaven. Yeah, I understand that. They are there, and they're not experiencing the pain or the sorrow anymore. But can I just say, your dark days won't last forever either. They won't last forever. If nothing else, you've got all of heaven for eternity to be thankful for the light. In heaven, Jesus is the light. But dark days don't last forever. There's coming a day where every Christian will, 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 will be in heaven where there's no pain and no sorrow where our corruption will put on inner incorruption, our mortality will put on our immortality, mortality will put on immortality. No arthritis, no cancer, no pain. Someone, uh, uh, an author, said this: Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. Resurrection means the worst thing is never the last thing. Jesus died, yes, and hope was gone from a lot of people, but it wasn't the end. He resurrected. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're facing. Maybe you're in dark days. But can I just say, even in your dark days, God can bring light to you. God can bring light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I want to say secondly tonight, not only can God bring light to your dark days, but thinking about the resurrection, these ladies show up to the tomb and there was something that they were anticipating being in their way. And that was a stone. On the door. I want to say this evening, God can move any stone he wants to. God can move any stone he wants to. They show up. The ladies in scripture we see, they were wondering who's going to move the stone. They couldn't move the stone. So who's going to move the stone? It must have been a pretty big stone. It covered the complete opening of the tomb. And so this was standing in their way. This was preventing them from what they had planned on doing. They didn't even plan far enough to see who's going to uh, get the stone away. But they, they, they wanted to do something that they felt was right to do, but there was something blocking them. There was something keeping them away. And when they show up, man, the stone is gone. The stone's rolled away. The roadblock was taken out of the way. I wonder today if there's some folks in here and you feel like, man, I, I want to do this. I feel like this is right. I feel like God wants me to do this, but there's something in the way. There's a stone in the way. There's something keeping me from, from getting to where I want to be. There's something keeping me from doing the job that I feel like God wants me to do. There's something keeping me that, that, that it was not of your own doing, but it's just there, and it's stopping you from getting to where you want to be. Can I say God can move any stone he wants to? There's no stone in your life that's too big for God to move. There's no problem in your life that's too big for God to solve. There's no person in your life that God cannot save. There's no provision in your life that God cannot supply. God can do those things. He can move any stone he wants to. He made them. He made the earth. He made everything. And I don't know what you're facing again. Maybe there's some other obstacle that I have not mentioned tonight. Something tricky, something, something that you are facing. Well, you, you had a plan, but there's a stone in the way now. Maybe the decision has been taken out of your hands. God can do the impossible. When I was growing up, um, I got to see the Alps in Germany. Lived over there for a couple years. Got to go see the, if you know, the Alps are this beautiful mountain range. I mean, just just gorgeous mountain range in, uh, in Europe. And uh, so I got to see that. I don't know if I appreciated it as much as I should. I was 10, 11, and 12 at that time. But, man, they were absolutely gorgeous. I still remember just looking up at some of the views and the white-covered mountains of you know, snow and all of that. Just enjoyed that. A couple years ago, my family and I got to go to Yosemite. 
And, uh, and uh, I think uh, El Capitan, the uh, big uh, stone mountain up there, you know, when you first walk in, there's a little view where you can stop and see this huge valley with these enormous mountains and all of that. I tell you, I mean, like there's the grandeur there, like when you see those type of events and you see those type of uh, mountains and different things. But you got to remember, God can move those. God did. God easily created those things. God easily could move them around. You ever felt an earthquake? California, we know about earthquakes. Now we're getting tornadoes, for crying out loud. You know, pretty soon cats and dogs going to start raining, and, and who knows, the flying sharks, sharknadoes or something. I don't know. If it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to be California, I'm going to tell you for sure. It's us and New York next. But anyway... You, you, you see those things, and, and you think, you know, you, you feel an earthquake, and you, you can see, like even in our building, you can see cracks in the ground of where just a small, slight hiccup of God's power is seen. Where just a couple plates underneath the ground, far below us, shift a little bit. It can cause such damage. And yet, we wonder if God can help us out in our situation. Here's the God that moves mountains and moves worlds. And we're like, but God, can you handle this? God, you're going to get me through this? God, what about this stone in my path? God, what about this situation where I had this plan and I really felt like you wanted me to do it, but now there's an obstacle? Guess I'll just quit. No, God can move those things. What stone is too heavy for God? What, What storm is too powerful for God that he can't say, peace, be still? So today, maybe there's something in your life that has brought some, you know, you're living in some darkness. Well, God can bring light to you. Maybe there's a, a, a circumstance, something in your life that's blocking you, and, and it's an obstacle in your path. I want to say God can move any stone he wants to. And then lastly tonight, I want to just remind you a lesson from the resurrection that I see is this. God has a plan, and he's still in control. just want to remind you of that tonight. God has a plan and he's still in control. We're not breaking any new ground tonight with this message. It's, it's, it's stuff you've heard. It's, it's uh, maybe presented in a new way, but it's things you know. But we often need to be reminded. Because sometimes you hear a message on hope, and you're like, man, pastor, I got more hope than I know what to do with. I'm full of hope. And you probably don't need the message right then. And then sometimes you have no hope, and the message on hope doesn't come. And so, I don't know where you are tonight. Maybe you're all like, I've got hope. It's wonderful. Everything's great. Or maybe you're like, everything's falling apart. Or maybe you're right in the middle. I don't know. Maybe it's a certain situation. So, uh, but, but we all need to remember to hope in God. David told himself so many times, he said, my soul, why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. He was talking to himself saying, you, David, would you just please keep your hope in God? And maybe sometimes we need to do that. Preached a while ago on encouraging yourself in the Lord and telling yourself the hard thing. I remember I had Brother Josh up here and I was putting my finger in his face you know, as if I was talking to myself, saying hope, you know, and believe in God, trust in God, encourage yourself. The disciples, again, they totally missed it. The ladies totally missed it. They thought Jesus is setting up this earthly kingdom right then. And the angels had to remind them of what the death and resurrection was about. It's not, he wasn't setting up an earthly kingdom then. But they had expectations of what their day was going to be like. They had expectations of what Jesus was going to do. And God did not have the same plans they did. That ever happened to you? I have plans, God. And he's, he doesn't have those plans. 
Well, here's what I'm going to do. And he says, no, and that's not what you're going to do. Well, here's what I'm thinking. And then he says, no, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And sometimes God doesn't have your plans, but can I just say I'm thankful that God's in control. My plans aren't as good as God's plans. I like God's plans better than my plans. They didn't think that Jesus' death was part of the plan. God's plan was from the, before the world began. And these ladies are saying, this wasn't part of the plan. This wasn't part of the plan. Here's Jesus dying on a cross. Here's Peter and John and all those disciples uh, you know, thinking, hey, th this is the way it's going to end up. And then Jesus dies, and they're shocked. This isn't part of the plan. Yeah, it was. It was part of the plan before the world started. So Jesus, God, has a plan. <laughs> they did not realize that God was in control. I love taking my kids to different places, like when I go shopping. Now, when I go shopping, that means I'm going to Home Depot probably, all right, because that's where I do my grocery shopping. But um, I just eat the, you know, the, I just eat nails, you know, so that's what I do. But I'm um, just so manly. But, um, you know, I, I, I'll take my kids, and I like at Home Depot that they have, they have a shopping cart that looks like a truck, you know, and like that you can put your kids in. If I was small enough, I'd ride in it because it's really cool looking. But uh, I took my, my youngest son with me a couple years ago. And I've done this with all my kids, you know, and put them in the cart there. And they had the steering wheel. And so, of course, I mean, if you're a good dad, you got to drive crazy through Home Depot as if they are really working the wheel, right? You know, you have to, they're doing this number, then you got to do this number and hit the old lady. Oh, sorry. You know, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, they're going back this way. You got to turn it and everything. And uh, so I just love driving through Home Depot and just crashing into things and, uh, you know, making sure, you know, I heard someone say a uh, proof of the proof that, Jesus, that God exists. Someone said, how do you know God exists? You can't see him. And someone said, well, I believe in Home Depot workers. I can't see them, but I believe they exist, you know. So, so I always go around and find that, you know, no one's there and, and uh, just crash a little bit. But for a while, when my kids are really young, they think, they really think they're in control. They really think that the steering wheel, when they turn it, go, the, the, the cart's going to go that way. Or I don't know what they think. If they think this way and it goes that way. But they really believe, like so many times, because they see dad get in the car and drive, you know, and do this. And so they're like, well, obviously dad's in charge and obviously dad's in control. So it just makes sense that when I get in this car, if I'm driving, I'm in control. They don't realize that behind them, there are some steady hands. And so many times, you know, I feel like I think I'm in control. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And, and, you know, and, and God will let me do some things. God will let me, God will let you, uh, uh, you know, if you want to get yourself into trouble, hey, there are times where God allows that to happen. He's not, he's not uh, controlling every aspect of your life and your decisions, but he still is in control. He's still the steady hand in our lives that are guiding us. So unless you just start thinking, well, I'm in control, you're not even in control of today. Not even in control of today. Heard about Miss... Uh, Tammy Fotu's dad, uh, they were here this morning in church. Her dad had a heart attack, went to the hospital today. You, you know, we're not even going to control of today. Pray for Mrs. Fotu. Uh, Miss Camille, part of our church, B's wife. Uh, her, her older brother in the Philippines passed away a couple days ago. Last night, she's getting on a plane, going to the Philippines. She didn't expect that. Well, we don't know what tomorrow brings. Pray for them, by the way, as well. well the Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. 
James 4, 13 and 14. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. In other words, you have all these plans, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I think about before COVID, we, we sat down with our staff in November and we had this great plan for 2020 of what we're going to do and what we're going to accomplish. We had a theme. We had our banners or, or uh, our, our TV graphics at the time, whatever it was. We had all of it ready. We had the bulletins printed. We had, we had just all these different things lined up of what was going to happen in 2023, uh, 2020. And then March 2020 hits and now we're online. We don't know what's going to happen 15 minutes from now. We have no clue. We plan. We try to do the best we can. But we're not in control of that. Some people like control. Guess what? God doesn't give you control over space and time. God doesn't give you control over other people's actions. And so we have to just realize and have faith in the fact that God's in control. That God is overseeing everything. Maybe there's something hopeless in your life. Hey, God is in control. God knows what you're going through. God sees you. God has a knack for coming through for his people in the midnight hour. So don't lose hope. Sometimes God will surprise you. You'll think, hey, all hope is lost, and then boom, there it is. God brings hope. There, you know, sometimes you get good surprises. Sometimes you get bad surprises. I remember one time we got a note from our apartment uh, when we were in an apartment. And, you know, apartments are just constantly raising the rent, it seems like. And back in that day, we were like, we can't, we can't afford the rent. They better not be raising anything. So I got the little note from, the, from, the, uh, uh, from our company that was overseeing our apartment complex. And I was like, great, here we go again. What is it now? How much are we going up in rent? And I opened up. They lowered our rent a thousand, uh, $100. Wish they had loaded it a thousand, goodness. But uh, they lowered it $100. Who does that? But for some reason, God just surprised us. And God just knew what we needed, and God did that. That was a pleasant surprise. Hey, can I just say tonight, God, God knows where you are. God knows what you're going through. God knows what you're facing. Don't lose hope in God. Oh, this pastor's not God. I'm, it's, just, it's this person. It's this situation. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I don't know what you're facing. Again, I keep saying that because some of you, I do know things that you face, and some of you, I don't. Sometimes there's just internal things you don't share with anybody. But I want to just say, God can bring light to your dark days. If you're facing darkness, hey, run to Jesus. He's the light. God can move any stone he wants to. There's an obstacle in your path, something disrupting your day and your plan. God can move that whenever he wants to. You think you're in control or something? Hey, no, God is in control. He knows what he's doing. Don't lose hope. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for church today. God, we've, we're just rejoicing and Lord, I, I, it's going to take me a little while to